evening, everybody. This is Jeff Morton, one of your hosts for Returning to Eden. Uh, I'm going to be running solo tonight. Dana's busy, and she's busy tonight, so she's not going to be here, uh, which I'm, I'm just going to make her pay for that, uh, because next week we're going to do a one-hour show, and uh, you guys aren't going to want to miss this. We're going to have Rico Cortez and Joseph Good and Dina Dye, along with myself. We're all going to be here next week for one hour and we're going to talk about why Rico Cortez and Joe Good and Dina Dye are doing the Temple Course in Orlando. That's going to be January the 11th through the 14th. I'll be there. Uh, but it's it's kind of uh, it's it's really a, an amazing thing that I see happening in conjunction with Rico having gone to to understanding the Temple now for several years. Um, I know that Daniel McGurr, a good friend of ours, and also Ryan White. These guys have been really focusing on what this all means, and there's so much information pouring out of them. Rico and I talked about doing a course like this up in the Pacific Northwest, and we will talk about that again, because I think this is extremely, extremely important, and I believe that there's a revelation pouring out into the earth. And so I'm really excited, and the fact that I'm able to now go to Orlando to participate in this and uh, be there with my co-host and, and kind of absorb all this information, I'm thrilled about it but on, on levels that I can't really get into in a half-hour program. What I will say to you is that you're, gonna not, you're not going to want to miss next week's program because we're going to all four of us sit here for an hour and we're going to talk about why this is important and all of the information that Rico has prepared and all of the different things that are going to happen in Orlando, Florida. And I met Joseph Good a number of years ago, probably nine, eight years ago in Portland, Oregon. So it'll be good to reconnect with him and to uh, shake his hand and get 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 more familiar with his work. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm learning a lot about what he studies over the last four or five months because it's just blowing my mind. And so that's next week, December the 13th, one-hour special broadcast from Turning to Eden with Dina Dye. We will have Rico Cortez and Joe Good on the broadcast. We're going to talk about all of the things that are planned in Orlando, Florida, with this course that Rico is now teaching. So you're going to want to be here for that. And I want to um, I want to read something to you before I get into into a lot of my show. I'm reading Dina Dye's The Temple Revealed in Creation. And in her introduction, she writes, My purpose in writing this series is to help believers in Yeshua the Messiah recognize temple language and recover the spiritual meaning behind the biblical symbols the way first century believers understood them. Studying the temple can be compared to diving headfirst into a powerful drama. It excites and inspires and causes a little palpitation of the heart. Take a deep breath. This is a deep well. <laughs> oh, I got that one. We start again. This is a deep well that will never run dry, and no one will ever be able to mine all of the precious gems that can be found through temple studies. My ultimate hope, dear reader, is that you will enter the divine supernatural world of the place of its presence and be forever changed. Now, I went through and I found that because I actually highlighted that when I read her book, and this I'm talking about the temple revealed the creation of Portrait of the Family. Uh, I want to tell you something that happened. Dina Dye released uh, a picture of the um, last week of the uh, new book cover. And I have said over and over and over again that if I handed to Moses a picture of the Earth from the Hubble telescope, 
I'm pretty sure he would look at me and go, wow, that's pretty pretty. What is that? Pretty pretty. Did I just say pretty pretty? Mariah, did you hear me just say pretty pretty? I said pretty pretty, didn't I? <laughs> Talking to our show's engineer at WOW Radio. Um, he would look at that globe and he wouldn't know what it was. He wouldn't understand what he was looking at. However, if I showed to him the cover of Dina Dye's new book, he would have got that immediately because that would have been the way that he saw all of creation. He would have seen it, and we've talked about this many, many times on the program, Axis Mundi, or he would have seen the way that the, the, the ancients saw everything was that you had the, the canopy, which is where the gods lived, then you had the place where men lived, and then you had the underworld or the seas or where you know, all of the, the ugly things lived. So when I saw that cover... Dina released, and it was done by a woman named Robin Hanley. And if you're not familiar with her work, because I went to her website after Dina, you know, gave me the information, I was kind of blown away with not only her talent, but the ability and how she captured exactly what this book is about. And it is a game changer. I'm trying to tell you people that what this little tiny woman, this wonderful human being that I now know and call my friend Dina Dye, has written is mind-blowing and it's going to reset your understanding of in the beginning and so when I saw that cover I gotta tell you what happened uh, let me give you a little background oh by the way Dina dot or Robin Hanley com go check out her website it's amazing she's extremely talented her artwork is not uh, you know she's not a fly-by-nighter she's got brilliant work and there's stories behind a lot of her pictures. Dina shared one with me. We don't have time to do that tonight. But it was about the release of um, Gilead, Shalit Gilead. I, I know I got his name wrong. When he was released from uh, captivity in 2011 or 2012. A fascinating story. And maybe we can get Dina to share that one to, once on the program. But uh, Robin Hanley designed the first cover of the Temple Revealed in Creation. And she's designing the second cover of Dina's new book, which Dina hopes to have uh, done. She said she's not going to have it done before uh, the course in uh, Orlando, Florida, but shortly after that. So I'm excited about that. And I've read the first chapter. She's edited it, of course, a couple of times. But I read the first chapter, and it takes the biblical narrative that we've held for years, especially of the years of enlightenment, as she would say, and it completely causes you to think a, a whole other different way about why Moses began the biblical narrative with Adam. It is incredible what she has written, and I can't wait for the book to come out. And I'm not going to give it away, so don't ask me. Uh, just to kind of give you a little, just a little, a little thing that I want you to think about in anticipation of her book, but also in anticipation of, of uh, what we're trying to do here at Returning to Eden because, uh, well, before I do that, first let me tell you, I put this little thing out about, you know, the serpent coming up and talking to Eve. I put it on Facebook and it kind of blew up. Uh, I've got more emails and phone calls about that little video that I put together because if you think that a snake walked up and started talking to Eve, then that, that should tell you right there that there's something not right about that and that we don't have snakes walking up and talking to people. So Moses is trying to convey something else, which reminds me, I want to 
point something out that Rico said today, and I copied it. Hang on just a second. Rico posted this on Facebook, and I wanted to read it because it, it's so apropos about what we're talking about. But Rico goes, most of Exodus is about temple. Is about temple. Leviticus is all about temple service. The book of Ezra, Nehemiah, Chronicles, Psalms, Ezekiel, Hebrews, the Gospels are full of temple language. The whole book of Revelation is a temple text. And folks, I know that you don't understand what that means, but I do. I get it. I get it. And uh, so I wanted to read that because when we're talking about the book of Revelations, if you don't see and you don't understand that there's actually a Yom Kippur service happening, then you won't understand that the imagery and everything is tied to one of the festivals. And so, so when these writers are writing these things in their culture, they're using all that imagery and all of those analogies and all those, those, those things because they didn't have the same writing mindset that you and I have when we sit down to write a letter. They, they didn't, the world didn't work that way. So they would use um, all kinds of things to kind of communicate what they were sharing. The problem is, and what we don't understand is, they didn't have to explain this to their audience. They didn't have to say, oh, I was really talking about the field uh, or the nations when I'm talking about the field because that audience would have known that. It's like you and I having a conversation. I've said this in the video and I've said it again. You and I having a conversation about computers, I wouldn't have to explain any of that to you. In, this, in the like manner, uh, John, who wrote the book of Revelation, doesn't have to explain to his audience what he's seeing, they would have all known it's a feast of Yom Kippur. It is the coronation ceremony. It is the opening of the books. They would have known all of this because they've had 1,500 years of going over the information that was given to them through Moses at Sinai. So they would have known this. And we need to understand that when we're talking about temple language, those people we don't need to explain it to. We're the ones who have lost it. We don't know that when a Genesis 3.1 says, now the beast was more crafted than all the other beasts, or the serpent was more crafted than all the beasts of the field. Okay, The people in his world would have known that the, the serpent was some type of king or some kind of powerful person, and they would have known that the beasts or the lives, several translations have lives, are talking about the people who live in the field. In the field, they would have known was the nations. So they would have known. Now, the king, the powerful king, who was crafted than all the other kings of the nations, starts talking to Eve. He starts trying to prognosticate or tell the future, you know, say that you're God in this temple. Who is he? And, and, and the thing we really don't understand is that when we talk about the gods and temples, that's a, that's a copycat, if you will, of the only God who built the temple, and that's why we have the book of Genesis. The God in the temple of Genesis came out of the temple. All of the other gods that have ever existed have never existed, therefore they've never come out of the temple. Our God, the God of Israel, came out of the temple, and he is putting together a kingdom in the earth. And when we start understanding the language, he always started with a temple. So now we can say that the temple in Eden, Adam was placed into the temple. And on the seventh day, God rested. 
Okay, let me tell you why that's important. Because we find that kind of language elsewhere, and this is what Dina was talking about. For example, in Second Samuel 7, it says, Now it came, to, it came about when the king, David, lived in his house, the Lord had given him rest on every side of all of his enemies. We're seeing a pattern here. David is now elevated to king, and all of his enemies have been subdued. Everything that David was trying to do is done. He is now resting. And the word rest means he is seated on the throne and order has come to the kingdom. Well, that's essentially the exact same thing that God was saying when he placed Adam in the temple in the Garden of Eden. And he said, and on the seventh day, God rested because he put the king on the throne and order had come to the kingdom. That's essentially the same thing. And Dina's been making that point. Several people have contacted me saying, you know, it's hard to follow this. It's kind of hard to tap into this. Because we don't make the connection to Second Samuel being a replay of the same thing that happened in the Garden of Eden. Let's go on. Genesis 2.2, and on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all of his work, which he had done. So the coronation of the temple has been now done. It's a seven-day celebration, not a chronological order of God created this, and then he created that, and he created this, and he created that, and blah, blah. We have creation. That's the way the story has been presented to us, but that's not the pattern of how the story is being articulated to the audience that Moses is writing to, because he's just kind of going over information that they would have known. Let me see what let's see why that's important. Now, King David, he in First Chronicles eight twelve, he gave him the plans. David gave to Solomon the plans that the Spirit had put in his mind for the courts of the temple of the Lord and all the surrounding rooms for the treasuries of the temple of God and for the treasuries for the dedication, dedicated things. So what you can catch there is that David didn't just come up with this whole thing about a temple. It was given to him by the Spirit. It's saying that the Father, the creator of the universe, gave him specific, detailed information about how he wanted that temple constructed. And we see the same thing happening in the wilderness when God gave to Moses how he wanted the tabernacle constructed. Constructed. But let's, let's set all of that aside for a moment and just go to the fact that he wanted a temple, both in the Garden of Eden and in the tabernacle and in Solomon's day. In Solomon's day, he wanted a temp temple. So going back to what Rika was saying, I'm getting a little excited because I'm getting excited. Going back to what Rika was saying, the entire, all of this information is centered around a temple or the place of his presence, which is what Dina wrote in her book. This is why this subject is so mind-blowing, because not only did Adam get placed into a temple, not only did David tell Solomon to build the temple, wasn't allowed to build it, not only did the Lord tell him to build the tabernacle, not only did Messiah come and throw the money changers out of the temple, not only was the temple destroyed a second time, but there is a third temple that is supposed to be erected in order for the presence of the Lord God Almighty to dwell in this earth. And I just love the fact that our president today made a declaration to the whole world that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. I'm telling you folks, this is biblical. This is amazing. This is gigantic. Since 1994, when they enacted this whole idea to move the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to 
Jerusalem. They've been putting this thing off every six months and every six months and every six months until Donald Trump. Donald Trump comes out today and says, what? What are we doing this for? This is stupid. Israel's our most ardent supporter in the Middle East. It is a democracy. It is the place of his presence. And we're going to move our embassy to uh, Jerusalem. Let me tell you something, folks. If you think I'm excited talking about all this stuff, what this president did today, my president, Donald Trump, and I have to go there for a moment, I'm just celebrating. This is, this is biblical, what he did today. In the face of the whole world, he said, move the embassy. The United States of America, I've, I've been saying this for years, one of the core reasons this country exists is because it is a template of all the nations coming together under one king, and this particular nation has supported Israel from 1945 all the way through their, the, the uh, birth, rebirth of the nation until now. And you got there's you know there's elements in our society that can't stand Israel, can't stand the Jews, and I, I'm here to tell you folks. Those people serve that same king that walked up to Eve. I really believe that, and I don't mind saying that on returning to Eden. We're returning to Eden so that you can see that the adversary to all of what the creator of this universe was doing somehow managed to come into the temple, desecrate what God was doing, and all of everything on the line of, of Adam fell. The nations were a mess. And I'll just, I won't go any further with that. you got to read Dina's book because I'm talking about Adam and Eve and the nations that were in the field. Let me ask you a question. If nations in the field had an adversary that moved against Eve, how many people would you say were all over the planet? Ha <laughs> ha. Gotcha. Think about that, folks. If a king, a powerful king from the nations came into the temple, perhaps on the Holy of Holies, in the Holy of Holies, on Yom Kippur, because remember, God didn't change. Everything's exactly the same way it was always supposed to be as he builds his temple. If a king, a powerful king, came into the temple in the days of Adam, and caused creation to be all screwed up. And he came out of the nations from the field. How many people do you think were on the planet at that time? Enjoy Dina's book. It's going to blow your mind. And, and really, I really mean that. <laughs> so let me, I'm going to get away from that because I don't want to give away her book. But at the same time, I see the Father, and this is what I wanted to say. I see the Father dismantling how we've understood things. The very fact that the Messianic movement, the Hebrew Roots movement, whatever you want to call it, is exploding all over this planet. It's not about a movement. It's about the hand of the Father restoring what he's doing. So we've gone from uh, the gospel message back to the Torah, and now we're going to try to understand the temple. And we're trying to understand a language that existed in their day so as far as I'm concerned, if we look at all of those elements, we see a restoration taking place. I'm not talking about a religious uh, correction. I'm talking about a kingdom and the institution of what she is being revisited 
by the God of creation and all of those people who are pressing into the Torah and understand what Israel is and understand the place of his presence and want to understand the dwelling place of the Lord or the temple, some of us are coming out of the status quo and going back to what has been buried. That's the heart and soul of returning to Eden. I want to read something that's on Dr. Dina Dye's website. And I'm going to read the whole thing because this woman, you know, I'm promoting her. And, I, you know, we see all these men that have these, these degenerates are coming out of the woodwork all over the media because of their abuse of women. Uh, we're seeing all this crazy stuff go on. You know, I don't want to be one of these guys that sit here and say that men are just absolute monsters because, in my opinion, those men are not men at all. So I don't want men to be put in the classification of these lunatics, these degenerates who abuse these women and do whatever they think they can do because of power and, and, and authority. You know, the Bible's about function and purpose, not power and authority. So when we're talking about those people, I don't, I think it's insulting to call those people men because I happen to be a man and I know several men and none of us act like that. Okay, so I want to say that loud and clear on returning to Eden. So when I talk about Dr. Tina Dye, I'm talking about a brilliant woman who has studied this material for 38 years. She was raised in a conservative Jewish home. She accepted the Messiah in the 1970s as a hippie, Galahad and all over the country. She ended up in Israel, of all places, where she accepted the Messiah, and she was able to see how a lot of the information she was taught as a child about the Creator, she began to see this whole thing in the Gospels, or the Christian Bible, as the anti-missionaries would call it. This is a Jewish book given to the whole world because the Creator of the universe set this particular nation aside in order to teach us these things. And if you're, you know, i got to say this. I, somebody asked me today, how do you answer the black Hebrew Israelites? I don't. Why would I? They, they remind me of cartoons, okay? Because the God of creation was not into racism and segregation and bigotry and anti-Semitism. So when I'm dealing with any group of people that their core foundation is anti-Semitism, bigotry, and racism, <clears throat> that's the king of the field. That's his group of people. I don't even deal with those people. <coughs> Excuse me. I believe that the Creator put a seed into this earth, and here we all are. Beautiful. The Father didn't say, well, I'm going to put some ugly ones over here in Africa, and I'm going to put some mediocre ones over here in China, and I'm going to put some beautiful white people in the United States of America. That's not how he did this. So don't come to Jeff Morton with that stupid, idiotic uh, assertion, because it doesn't work. <clears throat> Likewise, when it comes to women. Women make this whole thing work. Without them, we wouldn't exist. So let's stop treating them like they're something less than. They're not. They are a divine creation. They have a function and a purpose. So when I'm talking about women, <clears throat> I'm not talking about these liberal women that want all the rights of men. I'm talking about women that God created for the purpose to bring forth his kingdom in this earth and to populate this planet. 
And the reason I say this is because of Dr. Dina Da. I remember when I saw her, I actually met her for the first time four years ago. I'm a little animated here. I got six minutes left. I met her, and she starts talking about, yes, she's on the stage. And let me tell you something. Something happens when Dina Dye goes on the stage. She becomes cool, calm, and amazing. Uh, <laughs> I watched her at El Shaddai Ministry. She took that stage, and she owned it. And I saw that, and I saw how comfortable she is and how precise she is. Of course, she's got her notes, and she's following her script. But it's very it's a comfortable place for her because she really, really enjoys sharing the information that she has learned over the last 38 years with people who want to know more than just a salvation message. We're talking about a kingdom message on this program, and that is what she talks about. And this is where Rico Cortez is, and this is where Ryan White is, and this is where my good friend... <clears throat> Daniel McGurr is, and, and Dina Dye, and I just love this because it's amazing what the temple is revealing. Uh, you know, when you start, well, we are the temple. Okay, we're the temple, but let's talk about the actual temples because they existed first, and that to me is important. It's, it's, I wish I could get into a whole dissertation about it, but let me tell you something. The dwelling place of the Lord is a temple in the earth. The cosmos or the cosmology is his dwelling place in the space. So this is huge, huge, huge subject, folks. And I look forward to learning as much as I can because I believe if you understand ancient Near East Covenant Treaty Law, if you understand the gospel message, if you can reconnect all of that up to the Torah, you begin to see how all of the covenants are governed. And when you begin to see that, you begin to see the constitution of the kingdom of God Almighty. Every nation in this earth has a constitution, a facsimile of the original deed given to Adam. This is an amazing thing. It is amazing. Dina Dye, um, how do I want to say this? You know, she started talking four years ago about the nation of Israel growing inside of Egypt. And we all know the story and how the Pharaoh decided he was going to kill the children. So really, the Pharaoh decided he was trying to create, he was trying to kill an abortion. He was actually trying to kill the nation of Israel from, from growing. So he was trying to abort God's firstborn. And when Dina said something like that four years ago, I went, I remember, you know, the whole story of uh, the egg moving through the fallopian tube, getting the DNA of the father, going out into the womb for 40 weeks, and voila, through the Jordan River, this, this very narrow passageway, this nation is born into the promised land, all following the anatomy of a woman. And so when Dina said that, I connected that to what she was saying, and I went, I've got to get to know her. I'd watched some of her videos. I'd watched some of her presentations on God's Learning Channel. But I remember saying that day, i got to get to know this lady. And I brought her up here to the Pacific Northwest, we had a very small audience, uh, I think it was like 75 people, and she started talking about her book. And we've been connected like that ever since. And I asked her if she would do this show, and she said, absolutely. And our numbers are exploding on the program, you guys. We don't get many listeners live, but we do get uh, on our Podomatic page. It's exploding. Every week we've got, you know, thousands of you are going to that page, and we just really appreciate that. Our Facebook page is exploding. But Dina Dye is someone who is, she's kind of like a, 
a top secret weapon of the king. I really believe that. <laughs> I was telling her that the other day. I didn't use those words, but they, they work right now. Dr. Dina Dye is doing something from as a woman that is mind-blowing. And I believe, and I told her this a couple of days ago. We had a conversation on Sunday. I said, I think that what the Father has positioned you to do for such a time as this is happening. I said, when I saw the cover of your book, I felt immediately like the presence of the Father saying, I'm going to use her to explode the knowledge of the temple all over the land. And I shared that with her. And so there's so much going on here. And I know that Dina Dye's heart is to do exactly what I read to you at the beginning of the show. She wants you to understand temple language, and we have to go back to Eden in order to do that. So, folks, it's a high honor for me to be able to do this radio broadcast with her. I've been on her website. You can go on her website and pay money, and you can learn stuff all day long. There's no end to the information she has on there, or at least I haven't found it. But I, I celebrate who she is and what she's doing because I've gotten to know her. I know how she is. I know how simple she is. I know how easygoing she is. And I know how brilliant she is. And those of you who know me know that I'm going to champion women. And this woman, I believe, was handpicked by the Father for such a time as this to explode the information across the globe about why the temple in creation is a gigantic subject. <sighs> Mariah, did I take a breath at all during the show? <laughs> okay. I have this 19-year-old beautiful young lady who is the daughter of the owner of Worship and Word Radio. She's on every week with us engineering the show. She'll be here next week. I've asked her to help me put together a a website for a business thing that I'm doing, and I just love having her here. We're just grateful to have her, and she does a very good job. But anyway, I'm out of breath. <laughs> I think I came close to hyperventilating. Rico Cortez, Joseph Good, Dina Dye, and me will be here next week for a special one-hour broadcast of Returning to Eden. We hope you stay tuned. This is Jeff. God bless you guys. Yahweh bless you. And please... Pray for the President of the United States of America who did something biblical today. He said, we are going to recognize the nation of Israel and we're going to recognize her capital as Jerusalem. The last president wouldn't even mention it. He, he called it Levant. And that's another whole show. But trust me, if you understand what he's saying, he's saying when, when our last president said that, he was talking about the land of Islam that didn't recognize Israel. Every time he said that, that's what he was saying. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend and a good time. God bless you. Uh, adios. Bye-bye.